wants to do is to lift us up. Jesus told his disciples, you are clean by the words that I speak to you. God, through, through scripture, through the spiritual disciplines, wants to, to bind us to something that's stable so that the maximum amount of sunlight and air can get to us so that we can go from no fruit to some fruit. So when we go from no fruit to some fruit, then where does God want to take us then? He wants to take us from some fruit to more fruit, right? And to do that, the vine dresser prunes us, prunes us. Margaret Feinberg uh, wrote another little book that I love about the subject called Scouting the Divine. And there she tells about a time when at the beginning of a year, kind of in January like we are now, she decided that she just wanted to spend some time and ask God what direction that God wanted her to take. She's a, an author and a speaker. And, and if you've never taken time away just to, to spend time with God and ask God, hey, what direction do you want for my life? And maybe turn all the noise off and just listen to God. I highly recommend that. In fact, for starting next Sunday and for a good chunk of the month of February, I'm taking some time off for renewal leave. I'm going to do some continuing education things, but I'm taking time just to, to stop and to listen and spend time with my family and to, to just open myself up to God. So she did this and she was saying, hey, God, where are you leading me this year? Where are you trying to get me to go this year? And the answer, not in an audible voice, but in the way God speaks to us, in, in the still small voice of her heart, was something like this. Margaret, I want to prune you this year. Ouch. That doesn't sound like fun, does it? So she decided that if God was going to prune her this year, she needed to go and spend some time with her friend, Christoph. She has a friend named Christoph who is a vine dresser and vineyard owner in Napa Valley, California. Any of y'all ever been to Napa Valley? So um, Christoph has a vineyard there and she went and spent some time in Napa Valley and asked him, Christoph, what does it mean to prune? Because she had in her mind, you know those electric hedge trimmers that you that you, you know, like that. And that's what she had in mind. And it was kind of scary to think about. But he said, no, don't think that. Think the little snippy things. Like my wife's got a little pair of, of pr snippy pruning shears that she uses for house plants and what have you and things like that. Think that. Because Christoph said two or three times a year he goes through the vineyard and he handles every single branch, every cluster of, va uh, of grapes and he'll snip off a leaf here and snip off a little piece of dead branch there. The purpose is by doing that, all the good clusters and all of the good places will get the maximum amount of sunlight and have every chance to grow the best and most flavorful grapes. And Margaret writes that after she understood this, she felt free to pray a prayer that went something like this. Okay, God, if there's anything in my life that needs to be pruned away, go ahead and prune it. Would you be willing to do that? I have to ask myself, if, I, if I'm sincere, that's not an easy prayer to pray. 
Because again, it's a little bit scary. But remember, one, God loves us. And two, God's goal for us is only the best for the maximum amount of abundant fruit that we can get. Our openness means, okay, God, I'm cooperating in this process. If I say I really do want to grow and I really do want to be fruitful, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. I'm going to cooperate with this. I'm going to let your word cleanse me. I'm going to, I'm going to participate in spiritual disciplines, which will be like binding myself to a trellis so that I have every chance to grow. Openness to the vine dresser's hand. That brings me to the last letter, and that's W. And this is something else that we don't like. We don't like pruning. I'm just telling you, we don't like pruning. I also don't like to wait. W is wait for the wine. Wait for the wine. Here we're talking about abiding. Verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in him, and he abides in us. When you abide somewhere, you live there. You remain there. You persevere there. It also means that you wait there. In the book I referred to earlier, Scouting the Divine, Margaret writes about how the vine dresser grows the vineyard to begin with, plants the shoots, and they come up the first year. How much fruit do you think the vine dresser gets out of those shoots the first year? Nothing. Zero fruit. The second year, the shoot comes back up, and this time it's kind of wild looking. And he trims it back even more. How much fruit does the vine dresser get the second year? None. The third year, year number three, there are a few grapes, but the vine dresser just cuts it back again and doesn't take the grapes. It's not until year four that the vine dresser actually gets to taste the first grapes of the harvest. But that's just a few, right? Not enough to really do much with. It's year seven when the vine dresser really gets a decent harvest and gets to see what this grape is going to do. Year seven. And it takes until year 16, 18, or 20 before the vine dresser actually reaches a break-even point for the amount of effort he's putting into the vineyard. Oh, but after that, after that for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, he gets the best grapes, you see, the best grapes. So my point in all this is, will you wait? Will you abide? Will you ripen? Will you be patient with yourself? Will you be patient with others? Because God has in mind for us something that takes a while. You might say, well, preacher, you just, you just don't know how difficult it is for me right now. And you don't know what I'm having to abide in. That's true. I probably don't. But I do know that God uses difficult, rocky times to produce the sweetest fruit in our lives. I, I read um, 
in reading about vine dressers and vines, I read about a vineyard in France, Chateau Lafitte, that's famous for producing some of the finest wines in the world. And um, I even read about that a, a bottle of Chateau Lafitte that from 1787 that was owned by Thomas Jefferson was recently sold at $156,000. for gin for Christmas. $156,000. Oh, if I had something like that, I'd trip and fall and break the, the bottle and it would be bad. So why is the wine produced from Chateau Lafitte so good? Well, partly because of the excellent care of the vine dressers, right? But also, it's the soil. It's, it's the soil. In, in Chateau Lafitte, the soil is 75% rocks and 25% soil. Does that sound strange? It does to me. In fact, if there's, a, if there's an area that doesn't have enough rocks, the vine dresser will add more rocks because somehow this difficult rocky soil has something to do with the beauty of the grape harvest so let's ask ourselves again, are we willing to say, God, have your way with us, even if it means cleaning me up and binding me to a trellis, even if it means pruning something out of my life, even if it means that the place I'm planted right now is rocky and difficult, can I wait? Can I wait? Because God, I know you want to take me somewhere. I know there is a point to all of this. And the point is to go from no fruit to some fruit, to go from some fruit to more fruit, to go from more fruit to abundant fruit. God wants you to grow and me to grow and our church to grow. The fruit puts a smile on the vine dresser's face. Will we let him have his way with us? Let us pray. God, we thank you for being the all-sovereign provider for us, the owner of the vineyard. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for being the vine, the giver of everything that gives us life the author and the finisher of our faith that which makes us grow if we remain abiding in you. We thank you, Lord, for your word that cleanses us. We thank you, Lord. We even thank you for your loving hands that prune away from our lives the things that don't need to be there, knowing that the harvest is the goal. So God, the best we know how to do, we open ourselves up and we say, have your way with us. We surrender to your loving hands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, number 557 is our closing hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. I want to invite you to stand and sing with me. I also want to invite you, if, if you, 
feel led and you want to come and pray at this altar, if you have something you need to bring to God, I invite you to do that too. Let's stand together, number 557. Blessed be he the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred hearts is like to that. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.